so much, Christy, uh, for joining us today. I am super excited to have you on our podcast. It's actually the first one ever, so this is super exciting. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, and I am like thrilled to be having you as our first guest because I am, as I've said before, a super fan of Honey Mamas. Um, I first uh, saw you guys when I was in Laurel Canyon and I saw you in like a little shop over there. And then I saw you guys again at the Fancy Food Show and I just fell in love um, with your product. It's absolutely incredible, your chocolates. And I just wanted to um, hear a little bit about you and your story and um, how how it all began. Sounds sounds great. And um, thanks just so much for having me here. It's just a real pleasure to be sitting down with you, especially on your inaugural podcast. That's just super exciting. And congrats, by the way. Yeah, thank you for coming. Wow. Yeah, what a great platform. I mean, um, I so... You know, I had the same kind of experience actually with Monfifo. Um, I tried it for the first time, I think at fancy food show and we were all freaking out in our booth and, and <laughs> really kind of love at first sight. And then of course drinking it and I still haven't had a chance to meet you in person. So one of these days I'm excited to, to do that. So likewise, um, likewise, it'll be really so, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to give you a big hug. Oh, <laughs> I, I know one of these days I just miss hugs in general. Oh. So, but yeah, you know, I think that that was, it kind of goes back to this, um, the roots of the story, I guess, with Honey Mamas is just when I tried your product and I just remember this experience of tasting something that was so pure, so real, so delicious. And I think that that you just know it when you're experiencing something like that, you know, and for me with, with honey mamas, I, I have a, some pretty deep roots in um, baking and the kind of bakery world just through a business that I had started and run with my mom and my sister and my husband years ago and um, kind of just grew up in that wasn't a trained baker, but I um, it's just in my DNA, I suppose um, we, really enjoyed what my favorite thing kind of about that experience and, and, you know, having a brick and mortar space that was a, a bakery. Um, we wanted to kind of create a community essentially for people to come together and have this, have moments that they are able to sit down and share in something that's just kind of delightful and be relaxed and enjoy the downtime that they have to just kind of be themselves. And I think that that was one of my favorite parts of having that, having a physical space to create for people. And <clears throat> outside of that though, as far as the eating of the pastries, I've never been so great at, at that because I just, I don't do well with sugar. I just have never, it's always kind of thrown me off. I don't feel well. It drains my energy. Um, I just generally get very depleted. And, and as I've aged, I definitely feel this kind of um, tug on my immune system. And when I was, I had left the, that, that bakery um, that was in the early two thousands. And when I left the, the bakery, I, I was, we had pretty challenging time being in business together as a family. And that was a huge challenge. So <clears throat> when I left that, I was kind of trying to salvage the, the family relationships that were there. 
And after a couple of years, I had two young daughters at the time. I was raising them. I took a job doing something completely different, um, helping some other friends start a business. And I was doing some pretty good soul searching. And I was uh, a very good friend of mine was having an intense health crisis. She had a very severe autoimmune disease. Um, I was kind of fractured at the time, just emotionally, just kind of having that challenging experience, I think, with my family after trying to do something that really we all wanted to be kind of a beautiful experience and realizing that, you know, things just get in the way of that sometimes. And so it was kind of an interruption in my life. And so when my friend asked me to do this cleanse with her, um, she had a really severe autoimmune disease. Nobody, you know, they kind of couldn't diagnose it. And this cleanse was recommended by her uh, Tai Chi teacher. And it was a gut health cleanse. And um, it was very much focused on kind of like candida and, and gut health, getting rid, of, getting rid of the yeast from your body. And I was like, okay, I will do this with you absolutely just as a support because it sounds like a challenge. Uh, yeah, I've, I've done that too before. It's a great um, cleanse. <laughs> yeah, it's so amazing. I mean, so so long story short is it it completely flipped her autoimmune disease on its head. She found out that she was actually celiac. And during that time, that was like, wow. you know, 2008, I believe, um, 2009. And that just wasn't something that was in the collective consciousness of, of our culture. It was kind of the whole gluten thing was just barely on the cusp of getting kind of awareness around, um, challenges and, and, um, you know, food allergies and stuff that were related to that. And so what happened to me though, was that I 100% lost the challenges that I was having at the time, which was, I was really struggling with anxiety and kind of depression. And I was feeling really depleted and I couldn't figure out why other than knowing that I was going through kind of a challenging time, but it, I knew it was more than that. And it was just amazing, Justine, like the, the transformation that happened when I realized how connected, you know, kind of food is to our overall well-being. And so it was a huge aha moment for me. I got completely turned on soaking and sprouting nuts and seeds and like unrefined oils and, you know, all of the things that were kind of allowed us to really completely thrive. And, and I just thought, you know, this, all these subtle things that I just didn't have awareness about, um, came to the forefront of my life in the most positive way. And I just, I really got excited to figure out how could I kind of combine these two worlds of, you know, comfort and, um, oh, almost just this nostalgic experience of eating your grandmother's chocolate cake, you know, with, mm -hmm. um, and actually kind of more conscious eating and, and recognizing like planting a seed for people to have, a pretty much, a you know, a health, uh, wellness experience, but at the same time being able to kind of really enjoy that, um, thing that we all love so much about eating, um, treats and, and indulging. So I, that was kind of, I went on like a two year playing with recipe kind of experience on my own, trying to kind of trying to find the right thing. And, and um, I was going to do a cultured vegetable company, kind of running, you know, running into a lot of walls with different ideas around different businesses to do. And once I kind of just let go of, of trying so hard, I suppose, um, mm -hmm. I, it came up for me, this recipe uh, or as a recipe that was similar to it came up for me um, actually when I was doing a cleanse with another friend of mine and it was a more of a raw food 
cleanse. And I just started freaking out because all the foods that were these raw foods were so full of nutrients. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this, this is it, you know? So that was the culmination of kind of why I started the company and, and wanting to really put out there uh, just a seed of inspiration, I think, for people to have a pleasurable kind of joy filled experience that was if they, if they happened to um, want that in their life, kind of that wellness aspect and, or needed it in any way, I think that it was more of like letting them discover that on their own. And I think that's kind of, that really is at the core of what, what I'm trying to do. That aligned with you on so many levels of everything you were just saying, because when I eat Honey Mamas, you know, and I am a very conscious eater and I always love eating food that is very wholesome and healing and conscious. But when I eat Honey Mamas, I just, you know, it's like euphoria in my mouth. I just start to relax and feel good and positive. And like, you know, if I've had like a long day or it was intense, like, you know, your chocolate really helps me just kind of relax. And so everything that you said, it's so amazing because you can even taste it in the food, you know, you can taste it in your products. And I think that's why I love it so much as well. Um, but, but that's really beautiful. I, I didn't know all that. And I'm so happy I'm able to talk to you today because I was so curious as to the story and how you got to that as well. And, um, you know, and, and what led you down this path, but that, that is amazing. And so then you started to create the product and how did you start to really get the recipe and start to bring it together? Were you in your kitchen, just kind of creating different things? You said that you were going to maybe go into cultured vegetables, but then something kind of led you to, um, honey mamas. How did that process happen? Yeah. So I, you know, when, after I had done that cleanse, I thought, okay. And again, I had, I had two little girls at, at the time. I think my daughters were like six and nine and, um, something like that. And, and I was just really kind of trying to figure out, um, always prioritizing being a parent for me was just huge. Um, especially when they were little and, I was so determined to do work that allowed me to have as much time with them as I could. And so I kind of kept thinking I wanted to get to the farmer's market because we had done that with Blue Gardenia, which was the bakery that I owned. Um, and, and I knew that it was this like really simple platform for um, a means to an end essentially. Um, and also just like it's an amazing place to spend time and, and I love everything that's there. There's so much vitality, you know, at the farmer's market. And so there's a big, huge farmer's market in Portland at the uh, PSU. And I just kind of kept thinking, I was visualizing what could I create that I could bring to the farmer's market and start have that as a, as a platform to, to have a little business to start and, and to sell and, and to sell these products. And so I knew I wanted it to be something simple. And so that's kind of what I think what was just in my mind. And so I was going to do the cultured vegetables. I just ran into all sorts of roadblocks with that, um, looking kind of into manufacturing facilities and like the potential for growth. It just, it, it felt like so much work. And, and honestly, I was just thinking, how can I, it was a real time of simplification for myself. Like how, what can I bring into the world that is, feels like comes to me with a sense of ease that I can like put into the world. So there, that kind of somehow creates more sense of ease for others as well. Like that, that is beautiful. That you know is amazing. Life is simple. It should be kept simple. Yeah. So, <laughs> so 
when I got really into, so I was trying all sorts of different ideas, different recipes. I was going to do like vegetarian hand pies and then I was like gluten-free and then I was going to, and then I was going to do, um, oh gosh, salads and all these like crazy, crazy things. And so what I ended up doing was getting really turned on to this, um, a couple of like raw food books. And I started realizing like how beautiful those foods were and how fun it was to eat those indulgences. Like, you know, I would eat like a, you know, blueberry muffin that was made with like cashews and fresh blueberries and, um, you know, cashew butter and all these beautiful, delicious things. And I was like, holy, you know, holy manoli, this is it. (laughs) And so uh, a friend of mine had given me a recipe for, when we were, when I was doing this little raw food cleanse with her, she'd given me a recipe for this. I call it bird suet. Cause it was like this, she goes, I'm going to bring this, this, these bars over to your house that are like, we are on the 10th day of our, of our cleanse. And we were both just kind of like kept joking around about how we were so ready to like break it with like something sweet or and <laughs> like, these are actually pretty much like on our cleanse. Like they're amazing. And so it was these little raw food protein bar things that were essentially made with like unrefined coconut oil, almond butter, um, you know, cocoa nibs. I think they had honey or maple syrup. I can't remember which. And um, they were amazing. They were so good. And I took one bite of this thing and I, and I kind of freaked out because it was so um, nourishing and so satisfying and delicious. Like it was just amazing. So I was like, oh my God, like this this is this, this is what, this is what the world needs. Like, I just felt like this. Is it. And so I kind of started playing around with it and I realized it just melted so quickly. It was so full of coconut oil. It really was like bird suet, you know? Um, and so I kind of just started playing around from there and I was looking up raw food recipes and I found one that was like, you know, it was like some sort of like fudge balls or something like that. And, and it was very, you know, fudge was, it's definitely like a raw food thing. And so I kind of started playing around with it, kind of taking the base recipe from that protein bar that I had, that my friend Erica had given me and came up with the recipe for the honey mama's kind of by process of elimination and playing in the kitchen, essentially, you know, I knew that I wanted to do something that was more treat focused. Um, but that was something that you could pretty easily take on like a a bike ride or a a hike with you and have as both kind of a nourishing treat, but that was also kind of satisfying, like a sweet. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. And it kind of uses a little bit of your past element of being in the bakery, but incorporating, you know, your more conscious side of holistic and, you know, wellness and raw and kind of creating the beautiful balance between the two. So like, you know, if you want that sweetness and to enjoy that, um, you know, and, but eating it in a very conscious way and healthy, it's, it's amazing to incorporate those two together. Yeah, it was fun. It was a really fun thing to do because it was like, you know, it's a win-win and that's, that yes. was kind of what I was really looking for. I think that, um, just, to I have love it. it. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. There, there's there's no other chocolate I can have anymore except for Honey Mamas. <laughs> this is it for me. It's it's true, and I, I feel that all my friends and family members feel the same way. I mean, too, to just put it, you know, since it's it's in the fridge, you know, I mean, it's, and you know all about that, having a, a product that's in the fridge, and it's, you know, it's a great place to be. It was definitely, you know, when, when we launched in 2013, 
it was not something, I mean, and still we're, we're really constantly edu- always educating people about where to find it. Um, but I just kind of love that piece about it. And it's such a differentiator, just the mouthfeel um, and, and that combination of those ingredients, I think is, it's such a nice differentiator for us as a chocolate, you know, it's obviously not Definitely. a chocolate bar, but. Definitely. It's great. And that also kind of brings me up to another question is, you know, you have your own factory as well. And I know that, you know, you said a little bit that you've had your own bakery and so you've had experience in the production world, but what was that like for you having to set up, you know, a wholesale factory and being able to have the challenges, you know, of refrigeration, you know, I'm also a refrigerated product and there are a lot of challenges with that, especially education. Um, How was that for you? Yeah. So, um, I had, I had done a build out of when we, when we did the bakery years ago, I, I had, you know, I was part of the the build out process for that. So I had that experience then. And what I knew actually when I was creating a product to bring to the kind of CPG world, um, I knew I wanted it to be simple because I understood what went into creating a, a bakery and, and obviously having a, a, a kitchen that is a brick and mortar space for, you know, just your community is, it's a much different build out and experience than actually creating a manufacturing space. Yes. And so that I knew that I wanted it simple. I knew that the, that the, um, I wanted to make sure to have the, you know, the machinery that was needed to make it have that be simple as well. Just because in my mind, I'm like, keep it simple, keep it simple, keep it simple. And, and when I found the raw food, realized that, yes, I will need refrigeration for this. But, you know, refrigeration, in my mind, it's like, it's just such a great kind of, um, I don't know, flag for people. It's fresh. And so, and that certainly was for me a huge part of why I loved the, I think that made it so special, just kind of the the product itself, the bars themselves. It was like this fresh experience in your mouth and you really felt like you were eating these very vibrant foods. And so when I built out the space, um, you know, it's kind of, I went from, from sharing uh, somebody's bakery kitchen a few hours a week to building out my first space that was about a thousand square feet. And we had a big, huge walk-in fridge and, you know, the mixer, and we just did every single thing by hand. And then, and then the next progression to that was a cup that was in 2014 that we built out that first space. And then in 2016, early 2017, we um, I found a, a about 12,000 square foot space. Uh, oh gosh, like five miles from where my current manufacturing space was, and I decided that you know I had kind of talked to, to co-packers, and there was there was some stuff that had come up where either we weren't big enough, and the runs weren't going to be big enough for them to make it worth their while still. Um, and we were still very much like an Oregon, you know, Oregon, Washington company at that point. And so, and also I think that refrigeration piece, it was just a little bit, uh, just different enough for the co-packers that I had spoken to that they were like, you know, we don't have this process in our plant. Yet, and so it would be too much of a stretch for us to do it now. Come back and talk to us in like a few years when you grow. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I guess I'm investing in another manufacturing space. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't all that expensive. And I recognized the value of it, obviously, to be able to keep control of the creative process and, 
And I, you know, when we, we built out and moved into this new space, you know, we actually just have about, I think 6,000 square feet is manufacturing space itself. And then we had offices and some, some storage and shipping and receiving in that same building and, um, still do. And, uh, I, then kind of started really searching for somebody to start helping me with the operations because I was outgrowing my skill set as far as being able to properly manage everybody in the in the manufacturing space and and that's kind of the story of I think the company in all different um, facets is you know grow continuing to grow and continuing to be a manufacturer. I think the key to that and one of the keys to success is just really being able to hire the right people for the right positions. And so now, you know, in 2020, about a little less than a year ago, we finally brought on um, somebody who actually has like 25 years of manufacturing experience. And she's just a dream. I mean, she's running the entire program or SQF certified, it's, it is so much less stressful, you know, kind of having somebody in there who really knows what she's doing. Isn't that amazing? It's like, finally, you can breathe again. You know what I mean? I know what it's like, you know, to, to have the factory and be growing it organically and taking those small steps. But when you, it's, you know, the team is so important. And when you do have that someone like that, that you can just can really help you. It's such an exciting, beautiful thing, right? I I completely understand how you feel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You right? You still, you do all your manufacturing still, right? Yeah, we do everything, you know, very, I feel very similar to you because, you know, our product when I first started as well, no one was making shots at the time, surprisingly, because now there's so many, you know, I started it in, you know, also in 2013 and there was, there was nothing you can only go to like your local health store and get like a ginger shot or a Wicca shot right at the deli. You know, there was nothing that was on the go. And so, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, a lot of companies that start out manufacturing companies will go to a co-packer, but the same thing happened to me is nobody could make what we wanted was, you know, a small little bottle, you know, with an 18 millimeter neck, 20 millimeter, you know, it was always 28 millimeter and all these different things. And I was always very particular about the process. I really wanted to take the extra step. And so, you know, that's also the same thing. I was in a small little space and, you know, they, you know, I grew into a little bit of a bigger space and yeah. And we've continued uh, doing our own manufacturing just because, you know, at this point now I feel that our product is just so unique. And I also love to be able to have that control on it, that I can go from the root to the bottle and I oversee all aspects. And I feel like, you know, you can have that control because I don't know about you, but in, for me, at least I've experienced some horror co-packer stories, you know, all the product being wasted or not tasting right. And for me, waste is, you know, a big thing in the manufacturing world. And so it's so important for me to be so conscious of that. And I, I don't, don't want to really run into that. And so when you do control it, you can avoid a lot of things and prevent, which is really great. Um, but it's, yeah, it's so beautiful to have someone that you can bring on, um, that can really kind of help you grow. And yeah. And, and speaking of growth, you know, I, I think, I believe you're nationwide now, is that correct? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And you're also in Trader Joe's and you're in different formats. Um, can you tell, t- tell me a little bit about like what's happening now and what you're kind of looking towards? 
You bet. Yeah. We are nationwide. I think we have just under 3000 stores right now. And so, you know, we don't have a ton of chain accounts at this point, but that's kind of where we're really opening up this next year. And we just did a series A round of investment. So it's really, it's my first round of investment that I've ever done. I've really just grown the company um, just very, you know, capital efficient and um, yeah, that's amazing that you've been able to go this far, on, you know, on your own as well, because most yeah. companies do take investments. What, what was that like for you, though, the process? Like, were you like, okay, I'm ready now to do it and take it to the next level? Because I also feel like I'm in a similar boat as well, where, you know, I've grown my company organically. And it's like, there is a certain point where you want to kind of take that bigger jump, you yeah. know? Yeah, I feel like it's really important. I mean, I felt that way a few years ago. I recognized kind of my early plan with the company was to grow a regional company and then to potentially bring on, you know, either kind of sell it to somebody who was interested in doing a much bigger company type thing. Cause I have so much creative energy that I knew that I would, I knew I would get to a point where I would, you know, that I felt regionally was the kind of, a company that I could really dig into and feel connected to all of the pieces. And to me, one of the things that felt um, the most important was, okay, you know, this is a product that is, that has a, it's in the refrigerator, you know, perfect bar was in there, but I recognized that it was going to take some time to kind of develop. Um, and I wanted to do that organically. I didn't want to take a bunch of money on cause I wanted it to be, I needed to kind of be my own process. And so I just felt very, um, you know, I always built into the margins, the, a way to, to grow and a way for, for the company to be healthy and to kind of, um, keep healthy margins without trying to grow too quickly. And so, we were able to do that. And that kind of is looking at, you know, we were coming up on like the five year mark of the company and, and we were like, okay, if, if we are wanting to really kind of get some momentum here, we're going to need to step on the gas, bring on, you know, a bigger, a bigger team, a little bit of a bigger team and the right people, obviously in the team, and then just be able to have the trade spend to grow um, nationally. And so once I realized that I essentially kind of started networking and, and having that in my mind as to, I want to make sure to, and that for me, I mean, a big part of the trade is being able to kind of interact and meet with people who are interested in the company from that perspective. And there was no shortage of, of people that are in that, that investor world. Um, I don't know what your experience has been like with that. Yes, definitely. For me, at least it is a bit, you know, of like marrying someone, you know, having that relationship. And so how did you know that this was the right person for you? Oh, I mean, that is just such a great, <laughs> it's such a great question. Cause so we started really, I was, I started kind of meeting people and having meetings with people kind of pitching the story, you know, where the company was and all this stuff, um, a couple of years ago and knowing that we were going to, you know, want to be able to step on the gas, you know, by now essentially. And so met so many amazing people and part of it was, okay, we're not some people, it was obvious that they, that we weren't quite the right size. They wanted to have, you know, have a bigger size company to write a different check. And, and I learned so much about kind of how each one of those different types of investment partners, what they're looking for and, and what they, you know, kind of where they're interested in, in getting in on the, as a partner. And we, the, I think the most ironic thing about all of this is that 
Um, none of that obviously was lost. And I've met so many people that I will continue to um, be in relationship with and and really are as mentors as well. But we ended up meeting the group, um, the Amberstone group at the Fancy Food Show West in January this year, um, Mm, before it all closed down, which is great. Exactly. (laughs) Everything. Yeah. That That was who we ended up partnering with just simply because it's like a full on gut uh instinct it's like these these people we i mean and you know you have meetings and meetings and meetings and so there's like as that continued to unfold i think just as a group you know everyone in the company that on the executive team as we were interacting i think we all were just so in alignment with like these people yeah, I have heard that. Like you, it's like getting married and you can't get divorced. You know, you are <laughs> yeah. in it to win it. And, exactly. and I take that seriously. So I think that, you know, outside of just that kind of alignment on this very, you know, we, it was clear that our, our um, interests were aligned, that our timeline for growth was aligned, that there was not going to be this just like intense pressure to grow without kind of the really the understanding the nature of the company and, and, and respecting the process of what was really needing to happen. I felt we just really sensed that from them. Um, and plus they, they're just generally, I think, um, just a great, just a great partner and have just fantastic networking capabilities and bring quite a bit of, um, acumen to the, to the company operationally. So, for us, you know, they kind of checked all the boxes in that way. And it was hard because there were several groups that we were talking to that we just kind of also loved. But, you know, for different reasons, they just didn't work out as well. And so that was my experience with it. You know, it, wow. it, it was. I feel like it's also a lot of it is it's not just the money. It's also the networks that they can bring in and the experience and people. It's it's so much more than just that. Right. A hundred percent. And I, that was very important to us, you know, kind of having that strategic piece is huge. And I, and I've always, 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 since the beginning of launching the company wanted, you know, recognize that that was going to be a part of the process. Like if I didn't actually just kind of let go of it at a, at a really early stage after I, you know, kind of had seeded it and grown it to a certain thing and kind of maybe moved on to a new project that was, you know, whatever, similar or in the same vein, but I, you know, once I was actually doing in the business, doing the business five years in, I was like, it's just starting to get fun. You know, like this is <laughs> starting to really, you know, kind of be, um, I don't know, there's just a momentum and a, and a richness that started, that started being in the company as well. So I just started really enjoying it and realizing this is going to be a fun next phase. And we're uh, on the cusp of launching a line of the single serve bars, um, nationally, which I think is going to be so fun, especially for people just, it's going to be at a lower price point, obviously, than the multi-serve, which is out in the marketplace now. And we're going, um, into this, just, we just did a brand refresh. So it's going to be, you know, a new look, which I'm super Oh, I'm so curious to see that. It's really fun. Cause, cause I love your, your, your look that you have now. So I'm very excited to see what the new look. That's amazing. Okay. You know, it's, there's a lot to that whole hand wrapped. um, Yes. I'm telling you, you know, we're hand wrapping like 15,000 bars a day and it's, it's a lot of people and a lot of work. Wow pretty hard on you. That's, that's wild that you guys are hand wrapping every single bar. That's it, amazing. It's kind 
yeah. I know that that, that is, but that is amazing though. You're you're ensuring quality though for sure. You know, I think as far as kind of what's on the cusp and the excitement of that, it's we've we brought on a CMO. He's just been wonderful, and we worked with um Hatch Creative Agency down in San Francisco for our brand refresh, and we just I I like couldn't say better things about them. I just have loved this whole process with them. And, and it's not easy. You know, we've had the same look and feel for, you know, almost eight years and I'm excited about it. Um, and it, it really was, it took just exactly the right look and feel to create this, to make this shift for me. So there's a lot of really fun surprises in store uh, with the big bars and then this new, this new single serve line. So we're launching five flavors of our current flavors um, in the, in the single serve. So it'll be about half the price as the big ones. And um, I think just make it a little bit more accessible to more people. We'll launch into a little bit more um, conventional um, Justine, I think we're going to, we're going to continue to saturate the, you know, kind of the, the natural market, obviously, because there's tons of room for growth there still. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I think it'll be a nice bridge into the conventional, which is, um, I think, really important for us. So more people. That that is amazing. I will be your number one cheerleader always. But that is amazing that you're going to be putting it in um, smaller servings. That's very exciting. And, you know, with your CMO as well. And building your community, you know, for me as well, it's, it's so important to build a community, you know, as you said before, having a brick and mortar store, it's so nice to have that connection. And as you grow wholesale, you know, it changes a little bit, but you can create that same community, but in a different way. Um, you know, and especially now having more of that digital presence as well. Yeah, that's right. And and I think that, you know, with the bakery and and when we had the bakery, we did a line of cinnamon rolls and pecan rolls and um, my husband's coffees, hoping coffees at the time that we kind of dipped our toes into the CPG world back then. And that was the I had. So I had some experience with this. And I think that was kind of where I got turned on to the idea of you know, once I left that, that business and was really trying to kind of figure out the next, the next business to do, cause I knew I needed to do another business and, and in food. And I thought, you know, this conversation about health, gut health is, I mean, just right now during the pandemic, this is a great uh, opportunity to even like recognize like the better your immune system is, it starts with all, it's all the small things, you know, it's literally, you know, having that ginger every day. Right. And like, yes, your, your whole, your whole immunity system with these things that are just giving it bolsters, you know, and it's just Mm. like everything that you can do to make yourself have, you know, less inflammation is great. It all adds up. And I think that, I just recognized when we had dipped our toes in that CPG world way back when um, with the cinnamon rolls and pecan rolls, I thought that is cool to become part of a bigger conversation. And certainly I think that the wellness aspect for me, I just felt so moved to be that that was something that was really missing from our food conversation, you know, you know, kind of at the grocery store where everybody shops and, and online, of course. And, and I just think um, it just feels really, it's such a fun, I mean, I just feel like it's such a fun way to interact with the world is to be able to feel like um, that you're, that 
that if you can impact more people in a positive way that can allow more people to feel healthy and thrive and, you know, even just be present for a moment while they're experiencing the flavors of what they're having, you know, mm-hmm. like kind of stops them in their tracks. That, that is really, uh, I find that, that really satisfying. I love it. Yeah, it, it is so beautiful. It's so true, you know, to be able to just really be aware of everything, you know, TikTok non said, you know, don't eat your worries, eat your food. And, and so much throughout the day, we're constantly thinking and, you know, and on and on and on. And, and you really are just so present with something and you're just there and just absorbing what you're eating and just feeling it. It's, it's so special and um, a really, really nice moment. And going into the preventative world, you know, it's so important as well to, you know, to balance between East and Western, you know, cultures of medicine and, you know, these viewpoints of being able to constantly be in this element of feeling good and preventing, you know, sickness rather than being like, okay, now I'm sick. How can I fix this? You know? Um, just always nourishing your body. And um, which, which kind of leads me into another question. Um, I just have two more. Um, one is like, what do you do to nourish your body, whether it's in food or the mind or the body? What is your go-to? You know, always for me, the most grounding, um, one of the most grounding elements in my life, I think is, is movement. Um, and I feel like such a different person after, you know, if I wake up and I actually do some form of movement, whether it's, I've danced for years, um, and I've done running, walking. I love to do, I love, I'm super into weights right now, like just weightlifting, um, just at home. And I have never really done that before, but anyway, there's, there's something about, um, that is incredibly grounding. And I think that it not, it just really brings me into my body and it just makes me feel like, I don't know, I can kind of just take on the day. I just feel that there is a clarity of thinking that occurs after, after exercise. And so that's kind of always number one, always has been kind of for my whole life. And then, um, that is so important. It's so good to move the body. And especially, you know, as you said, you're such a creative person and you have so many thoughts and things. It just makes you so present, you know, focusing on your breath and movement is, is such a great release. Yeah, it's huge. And I've been, I've, I've done meditation, um, off and on for, for a long time as well. And, um, so that piece, you know, as often as I, I can, I actually just finished like a 21 day meditation challenge with the Deepak Chopra thing. And, and oh, I, went, I did that too. You did. It's so good. And they're so short. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. Yeah. I did them years and years ago. It's actually, I think it had a huge uh, part to do with, you know, meditation, I think really helped me hone the creation of this company. I just, it, you just, you helped, you just clear out the clutter and really get into that focus kind of manifesting mindset. I just, I love it. Like it's, it's huge. And then, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I love it as well. Yeah. So I think, you know, and I just, I really eat a pretty simple diet. And I think that obviously, you know, obviously that's a huge part of, of what I value and, and think that that's super important, but you know, I'm not like, I'm not super severe on what I can or cannot eat. I'm very much of an intuitive eater. Um, but, and I think that that's important. I just pay attention and I can tell when I kind of get out of whack. And so that piece feels really important to me. Um, 
to not be too rigid with that, but also just pay really close attention to what feels good and just eat delicious things. I eat a lot of fish and vegetables and um, of course a lot of honey mamas and and sweet treats. And, and like um, other than that, you know, I don't know, Justine, I think it's just the people, obviously they have so much, the people that are in our lives. I've, I have spent, I definitely, as I'm aging, I've taken, you know, there's people, I just have been pretty mindful about not putting energy into the toxic relationships that are there. And I think that's actually huge and something to really note. Um, Not easy to do in many ways. And um, just filling up that space with other people that are, um, I don't know, just life-giving human beings. I think that's... People, it's it's really the, the most like giving thing of life, our people and community. And I think with Corona now, you know, more than ever, we're very conscious of who we see and who we spend our time with. And it's a really nice reflection on that of, you know, what we want our community to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. So magnified. Cool. Well, okay. My last question is, and it's so funny. I just wanted to say, you know, whenever I think of you, I just see a big smile. I just imagine you always so excited. And that's so amazing. You know, you, you just give that energy of just like a big smile and goodness. And so my last question is, and I want to like leave it off on this note is like, what excites you right now? Like what just gives you this like excitement about life or movement or what, what is really, you know, for this present moment, um, exciting for you? You know, I think on a personal level, I think what is most exciting to me right now is I'm about to um, move into, uh, I'm about to move into a new house and we're like two weeks away from moving. And I feel like a little kid, I've been living in the same house for 16 years and um, raised both of my daughters here and I've been renting it and I am buying a house for the very first time in my life. I'm 52. And it's just the fact that like Honey Mamas has been able to give me this is like pretty much lighting me up. Like I'm super. That's beautiful. That's amazing to do what you love and to be supported by it. That is amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. I just, I'm super excited about it. So we just like my husband and I have just been spending, you know, like the last month essentially going room by room and just getting rid of just purging stuff and getting rid of stuff and getting ready for the move. And so that's just, that is making me feel so excited and being connected to that. And, you know, I got to see my daughter for the first time. I didn't know if I, how long it was going to be before I got to see her, you know, just with the whole pandemic happening. So I just feel like, I don't know, I feel a little bit more hopeful right now. You know, it's been such a wild few months um, for everybody and on so many different levels. And I, there's just this hopefulness that I'm, that I'm kind of feeling right now, generally, um, there's a shift I think that's happening. It's all really important work that's happening. I think in the, in the world with humanity right now. I I agree. It's amazing. You know, there, there's so many ways at how you could look at this pandemic, but I, I agree with you. You can feel the shift and, um, and hopefully it's something that, that is, will be a long-term shift. Yeah. I think it's like, it's not easy, but it's really real and it's really important stuff that's happening. And, and, and honestly, that hopefulness is something that I feel, I think, really um, excited about right now. I feel like that it's super challenging, but I also feel like that we 
are going to come out um, better for it. And